Welcome to the Iron Self Podcast, where we jump into health, fitness, mindset, and becoming the best version of yourself. Today with your hosts, Mike and Kayla Minion. Hello, and welcome back to the Iron Self Podcast. Welcome to episode six, guys. Today we are going to be talking about diet, diet culture. culture. Really? That was good. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Okay, so let's get started. What is diet culture? Uh, diet culture is everybody everywhere on diets all the time. Dieting. It is a chronic diet for the majority of the population. Lots of people in this world believe that they need to be on a weight loss journey or a health improvement journey, whatever you want to look at, but it is all based on different diets. So we all have that friend that's like always on a diet, like can eat certain things. One month they're on this diet, the next month they're on this diet. And it's like, you don't know which diet they're on and what are they supposed to eat? So lots of people, like Mike said, are chronic dieters. So today we're talking about chronic dieting. I'm going to give you guys some stats to get us started because stats are always fun. Who doesn't love a good stat? So an estimated 45 million Americans diet every year. I wish this was like a global stat, but unfortunately I could not find a global stat for you. But 45 million Americans is pretty substantial. I think there's 333 million Americans total. So that's, you know, that's a large portion. of That's an eighth almost of their entire population is dieting. Okay, so now 45 million, that was impressive, but the impressive factor here is how much people spend on weight loss products. Okay, get this, ready? If you have a weight loss product, you might wanna get it launched onto the market here right away because it is a whopping $33 billion that people are spending on weight loss products. Okay, so 30, what was it? 45 million Americans are dieting. $33 billion is spent. What are the results? Astounding results. Here Astounding we go. Astounding results. Two-thirds of Americans are still considered obese or overweight. Okay, so this comes into that chronic dieting. Because if everybody's got these diet products and everybody is spending all these billions of dollars on diet products, what gives? Where Where's the gap here? Well, and I think that that is the big precursor here. So let's kind of, there's a couple different avenues we can go down with this. But I mean, really, before we were making, getting ready for this podcast, we were kind of just saying, like, essentially, all of these fad diets, everything that's out there is set up to make you. It sets you up to make you fail. Like, if, if, if you think of, take, take a diet, take, take the Dr. Bernstein diet, for example. Super low calories, you get vitamin B injections, so it's supposed to increase your... Um, metabolism your metabolism while, while you're on this thing. Um, but the problem is it doesn't teach you anything. It tells you you need to eat in this crazy calorie restriction. You need to get these shots that are going to increase your metabolism. But it doesn't teach you how to eat. It doesn't teach you what healthy foods are. In fact, it does the opposite. And it tells you you need to eat less of everything, which couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, yes, they do have a maintenance plan once you've hit your weight loss and they are supposed to teach you things. But the problem with a lot of these fad diets or uh, what I'm going to call diet businesses uh, is really that they are not really teaching you how to change those habits and they're not setting you up for that long-term success. There's no habits and skills. There's no skills, yeah. And the other problem is, is old habits die hard. So think of it like this. If you 
always eat hot dogs when you go camping and then all of a sudden you're you've lost all your weight you go to go camping the first thing you want to do is take hot dogs but if you didn't learn new skills then you might not know that maybe you can eat other things while you're camping you might still be stuck in that mindset of i only eat hot dogs while i camp right and and like Kayla was alluding to, these these are weight loss companies. So they you go to them strictly because you need to drop pounds right now. So again, if, if you're somebody who has been dieting and you've been looking for ways to lose weight and this company comes along and says, I can make you lose weight. All you got to do is eat nothing and take these injections and boom, you're going to lose weight. And it works for somebody for a period of time. So they're like, okay, so that's what I have to do to lose weight. I just need to continue eating less and less food and getting these vitamin injections to, to make me lose weight. Right. Okay. So <clears throat> outside of Dr. Bernstein, the other diets that are kind of those diet businesses. So you could look at like isogenics where you're taking and, and replacing one or two meals a day with a shake, right? That has nutrients and all of that kind of good stuff in it. But you're, again, just reducing the amount of calories you're eating. Or Jenny Craig, where they're giving you those prepackaged things. Yeah, or Weight Watchers with their point system. you you got to hit your points. Right, and the point system is not really a whole lot different than calorie counting or macro counting. You're it's still a counting something. It's a simplified version. It's, it it's a version of macro counting for somebody that doesn't want to learn how to count macros. Okay, so then let's look at Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz... So many people would look at him and be like, oh my goodness, this man is a god. Look at all these weight loss products he has. Raspberry ketones, Carcinia gamogia. We got to take all this stuff and we're going to lose all this weight. I can't even pronounce that last one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got it. Yeah, that's did, pretty good. Did I, did yeah, I do okay? Nailed it. It, it sounded okay. It, it came out good. I, I didn't even practice, so that was good. <laughs> okay, so... Outside of these supplements that you can kind of take, and I'm going to call the diet business more of a supplement-based business because at the end of the day, most of these companies are preaching to you to take some form of supplementation or some ridiculous amount of low calories, okay? Yeah. Right? So they've come up with these theories. Then we've got other fad diets that have kind of come through the ages, but some of them actually aren't as terrible as one might think. Yeah, not, not, all, not all evils are created like. <laughs> so let's talk about the one that's way mainstream right now, and it's still kind of fluctuating in and out of mainstream, and I can't even count on one hand how many people have come to me and said, the keto diet is the only diet that's ever worked for me. I've lost a ton of weight. Okay, there is no magic pill. Okay, we just learned that $33 billion is being spent in the weight loss product industry, and that two-thirds of Americans are still overweight. So the weight loss products are not working. Keto, yes, it works. But why does it work, Mike? Because you're in a calorie deficit. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. It's because I get to eat bacon for breakfast with cheese <laughs> on top of it. No, the, the, whole, the whole overarching thing is that you are still in a calorie deficit. And, and I hate to break it to anybody who's keto. I, I got nothing against keto. If, if that is how you want to eat, then if it works for you, great. All the power to you. But it's not a magic pill. You are still in a calorie deficit. The exact same thing can be done on a whole food diet where you have carbs and proteins and healthy fats still in your diet. Healthy fats still in your diet. You, you can still hit those goals, 
but you still got to be in that calorie deficit. So the biggest thing here with keto is that for a lot of people, it curbs them away from things that they would normally overindulge in, yeah. right? They're not sitting down on a Friday night in front of a movie to eat an entire bag of potato chips that they might otherwise have eaten. They're usually tending to maybe gauge for some nuts or seeds, something that's more of a whole food based. I mean, nobody's sitting down with a plate of bacon because at the end of the day, like you said, it's got, you've got to maintain that calorie deficit. You've got to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. And a traditional keto, if you're going into ketosis, you're looking at 70% of your diet coming from fat, 20% from protein and 10% from carbs. And then it gets all complicated because with carbs, you got to do your net carbs and it, Blah, 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 blah. But any diet that tells me that I can't eat a tomato and be over, I mean, I, I love tomatoes. I think most people. Well, I, and I did, I tried the keto diet, so I, I'm definitely not knocking it. Um, cause I always feel like I need to be able to like try something and be able to give my expertise on it. Uh, but I found that I had a really hard time just getting the amount of fat that I was supposed to eat. I mean, by the end of the day, I was like taking shots of olive oil just to get it down because I, because the the walnuts and the almonds that I had had too many carbohydrates in them. Well, and for for me coming from a strictly performance standpoint, if you don't hit that ketosis, then then your energy stores are going to be shot anyways, and then you're going to not be feeling great, and you're going to wonder why. And they're like, oh, that's just the keto flu. No, that's because you have no available energy source because you're, your body doesn't have those carbs in it, which are what you normally draw on for energy, so it's starting to metabolize. And other part things. of that could be also due to an electrolyte. It electrolyte imbalance as you switch over from carbohydrates to ketosis. 100%. So there is that little bit of a switchover mechanism that does take place. Uh, but I mean, if it's a diet that you can stick to, you can maintain ketosis, definitely not a bad thing because it's going to help you usually gauge to more of that whole food base. You're going to eat more lean proteins. You're going to be eating more nuts and seeds. This is if you're doing it properly. Now there's so many people that say that they'd go on a keto diet that don't do it properly and they're just eating highly processed garbage food and saying that they're they're on a keto diet. Yeah. So I mean six and a half one doesn't have another, but for most people it usually causes you to curb the otherwise foods that you would otherwise overindulge in. Now, let's look at the zone diet. Now the zone diet was really popular in the nineties. If you were a nineties kid you might remember it. Just remember the zone diet? Still don't remember the zone you diet. Don't? Okay. I, I can honestly say I didn't look at dieting. If I saw food when I was younger, I ate it because I love food. <clears throat> Maybe it's a female thing it's and we look at body diet. image. You see food, you eat it. <laughs> Females, I feel like we look at body image and we're like, oh, okay. Especially at like a young age, we're told to, we're supposed to look a certain way. Um, so anyways, I started researching dieting when I was in my teens. Uh, so zone diet. 30% uh, protein, 40% carbohydrates, 30% fat, nothing wrong there. They look at only low glycemic index carbohydrates. No refined sugars. No refined sugars, no starchy carbohydrates. So that, that's where I like, I'm going to draw the line there. Yeah, if I can't have potatoes and peas and corn, that's that's a bad day. I know. Well, you're Irish. Those are, those are like your staple things. Without those, life ceased to exist. <laughs> um, so, I mean, as much as they're preaching refined, no refined foods, no sugars, that's great. You're eating five times a day. They use like what they call the hand rule. So you're eating five times a day. You have five fingers to remind you of that. Portion you don't go, sizes for your hand. Yeah. Portion sizes for your hand and you don't go more than five hours without food. I mean, that's a really handy 
Yeah. Wait, <laughs> I'm remembering. Okay, that was good. I, I didn't even try yeah, to get that Yeah, she it. She has it written down. No, <laughs> I, know, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Must incorporate handy. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, then we've got the Mediterranean diet. So the Mediterranean diet was almost like a spin-off of the zone diet, but they really took like your traditional Mediterranean style foods. So think of like Italy and all of Pastas. those. All, well, but that's the thing is that they're not eating pasta in the Mediterranean diet. The idea of it is no refined foods. Again, so very much like the zone diet, but they're not giving you ratios for where your calories should be coming from. They're saying limit don't completely eliminate, but limit red meat, eat primarily fish, vegetables, and beans, and omega-3 rich foods, which I guess is your fish at the yeah. end of the day, uh, because it comes from the algae, uh, and then really just making sure that you're getting enough whole foods, vegetables, all of that kind of stuff. So, and lots of, of olive oil is kind of what they preach. That is the number one oil that they um, definitely tell you to use is loads of olive oil. Olive oil is great as long as you get actual olive oil. If you get the stuff that's been sitting on the shelf for the last God knows how many years and it's just like the olive oil you get in the cupboard that's that nice yellow color instead of the nice deep, rich, green olive oil, it's uh, there's a world of difference there. There is, yeah. So those are a couple of like the more what I'm going to call fad style diets. But at the end of the day, what is the best diet? The best diet, in my eyes, would be something that you can stick to because... Reality is a lot of people that go on keto diets or that go on Bernstein's or Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers or whatever it be, if it isn't a sustainable diet, if it isn't something that you can incorporate into your everyday life, then it's just going to set you back in the long run because you're going to do it for a while and then you're going to binge back to absolute garbage. <laughs> well, I, I, I shouldn't say absolute garbage, but you're going to go back to however you were eating before if it isn't something that is sustainable. So small changes to eat healthier would be the best diet. Yeah, and I mean, like Mike said, the biggest thing here is something that you can stick to in your everyday life. You don't want to be constantly in and out, in and out, in and out. You don't want to be that person that like is one day eating this and not the next day not eating this and you're, you hear something on the radio and you think it's the best thing in the world and I should totally try this. Like, it's just so overwhelming. There's so much information out there and how do we as average people weed through all of the diet culture and information because you know you you can literally find anything that you're looking for on the internet so if you want to find out if omega-3s are bad for you and you type in are omega-3s bad for you you're going to get literally both sides of the coin if, if you're wanting to know you know should i eat a high protein diet you're going to get both sides of the coin the thing here is eat whole foods eat in moderation and pay attention to your hunger and satiety cues. And that is one of the biggest things is that most people have no idea whether they're hungry or satiated or, or thirsty. thirsty or it's mental, right? Like if you've had a long day and you're exhausted and it was super stressful and you grab for your chocolate or your bag of chips, it's probably mental. Yeah. Well, and the same thing goes for boredom. Like so many people... When they get bored, just reach for something to eat because it occupies their time. Yeah, or, I mean, some people also use it as a way to cope with a previous addiction or habit that they had had. 
That's Mike and Mins, <laughs> if you're wondering. <laughs> I used to smoke cigarettes. Um, super unhealthy for me, so I switched to mints. Well, you switched to chips first. Yeah. It was chips first, and then we got them from chips to mints. And I don't know that either one is very great. But uh, mints are much more delicious. But I will say that they are both healthier than cigarettes. So <laughs> I feel like we're winning a little bit. We'll slowly gauge them, you know. We'll just start throwing broccoli in your car, center console Still or something. Still won't work. <laughs> so at the end of the day, best diet is the one that you can stick to. 90% of people that diet spend their whole time gaining and losing the same 10 pounds throughout their life. Yeah. Like... If it's 10 pounds, at the end of the day, nobody can tell if you're 10 pounds more or less. That, and that, I mean, realistically, if I lost 10 pounds, you'd be like, okay, she looks kind of different. But you wouldn't be like, wow, she lost 10 pounds. Does sure. that make sense? Yeah. Like, and <clears throat> the same thing could be said in the opposite direction is if I put on 10 pounds, you'd be like, okay, she looks a little bit different. But you wouldn't be like, wow, whoa, you know, like she put on 10 pounds. Like, it, it's just not mind-blowing. At the end of the day, five to ten pounds, yeah. Like you said, it's not it's not earth shattering. It's not gonna be one of those huge differences where it went from holy crap, she's super thin to she's not so thin anymore or the exact opposite way. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a moderate difference that majority of people that see you every day probably won't even notice. And I don't think that five to ten pounds at the end of the day is going to help with many health markers. No. I mean, when, when, when you're looking at weight loss strictly from a health standpoint, so not from vanity, those kinds of things, I don't think that it really is going to change a lot of health markers. It might decrease your, your risk for some uh, like heart disease and those kinds of things because any amount of weight loss is going to do that yeah. um, to a certain extent. But again, weight loss in itself is, is definitely going to help with those markers, but... Um, if we're not incorporating more into that lifestyle, then you're not going to get the added benefits. Like the, the physical activity that you should be doing to help with that cardiovascular health, to help with all of these other factors. If you're just doing a diet to lose weight, then you're, you're, you're going to be doing a disservice as far as that goes. Well, and the other part of this is when we're talking about weight, I, I mean, let's define this. A lot of people say in relation to scale weight, right? If I step on this scale, I'm going to weigh X amount of pounds and I want to lose X amount of pounds to weigh this amount of weight because when I was this age, I was this amount of weight. Okay, first of all, muscle weighs more than fat. Yep, okay, so if you're, if you're training any sort and you're training and you're putting on muscle, whatever, you're going to weigh slightly more than what you did at that point in your life. The other part that we are contending with is hormones, lifestyle habits, behaviors, like there's so many things that come into play here. So I would say look for what you want yourself to look like versus a physical number because uh, body recomposition is a real thing and wouldn't you rather change your body shape and be able to eat 1,800 or more calories a day as a female? I mean, males, you can definitely get away with more than that and change your entire body shape rather than eating 1,200 calories and starving to death? Well, that, yeah, that, that says it perfectly for me right there because, you know, I have, I have a client that I'm thinking of right now that the main goal for this client was not to lose weight at all. It was just to get stronger, faster, and better at their sport. So we've accomplished that goal and in the process lost X amount of pounds. We're, we're over, I think, 15 pounds of weight loss now already. Like 22 inches, right? But yeah, over 22 inches. Well, even better than that now. So it's, it's insane to me that the body composition has changed so much 
and the weight has come along. And my favorite thing is the fact that this client says, it's crazy that I get to eat everything that I want to eat too. Like I, I never feel like I'm in, in wanting, like it's, there, there's no want there. I can, if I want to eat chocolate, I'm going to eat chocolate, right? It's that, that 80, 20 rule where it's like 80% of the time we eat like gold and then 20% we treat ourselves. And the funny thing is when you're in that 80, 20 kind of idea where it's like, I'm going to treat myself every once in a while, but I'm going to eat super healthy all the time. You're, you're, your hunger cues and the way that you taste food changes. So then you end up doing more of like a 90-10 when you're trying to do an 80-20. And I always say that. It's kind of funny. I call it living in the gray, right? There's so many people that's like black and white. I can't eat this food because this food does this to me. I can't eat this food because it's off limits because I'm dieting and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, if you would just stop placing labels on food because they never asked you to place labels on them, yeah. then you could actually like live in the gray a little bit and then you might actually eat less, like Mike already said, of the things that you might otherwise overindulge in. So let's, I mean, there is a couple other caveats to that. There's scientific research in regards to having a bowl of food or a, a bowl of candies in front of you. People are more likely to eat them. The more colors that are associated with food. Skittles. The, yeah, the, it was a Skittle study. Taste the rainbow. No, it was a Skittle study, though. But the more <laughs> color that's there, the more likely people are to eat it. So there are a couple different things that goes along with the brain research around that. Um, like if you were to take a bowl of chips, and you just keep refilling that bowl, people will continue to eat it. Like it, you can refill it all day and people will continue to eat it. But that is a whole nother topic um, <laughs> in regards to habits around that and the role of your environment. Okay, so let's dive into supplementation. Okay, I'm gonna talk about like things that have come out uh, recently more so in, in research and studies that used to be considered top. Yeah, fat loss items, right? So I, I want to, I'm going to do the caveat right now. There is no magic pill. Go. There is no magic pill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but CLA, so I'm going to butcher this. Conjugated linoleic acid. Thank you. Uh, used <laughs> to be one of the big names in like diet pills, diet research. Okay. So what, there's a bunch of new studies coming out and they found tons of uh, like valid information in animal studies animal studies okay so it's they put it into the animals muscle cells and it helps the animals burn more fat and actually helps them maintain weight loss after they've hit their goal shows that it actually in an animal can reduce fat by up to 70 percent in the muscle that's injected now when replicated in human studies the results are really negligible like i wouldn't even I don't know. I, I wouldn't call them results. I wouldn't. I wouldn't waste my money if that was the way to say it. But anyways, so, I hate to say this for anybody that takes CLA. By the way, just just so. <laughs> so three point two grams per day is what you would take for your dosage, and you might lose point eleven pounds per week compared to a placebo. Point eleven. Like it's that's not, not even half a pound. That's not even like that's not even a, a quarter of a pound. That, yeah, it's nothing, right? So, so again, CLA, as much as it has been highly touted and back in the day, new research is showing, unless you are a rat, uh, it's not going to help you too much. Darn. Okay. <laughs> L-carnitine. And L-carnitine has some, been something that if somebody comes to me and says, I want a fat-burning supplement, I usually direct them towards L-carnitine. Something with L-carnitine. L-carnitine yeah. has a lot of research around it. But again, at the end of the day, we're talking supplementation on top of a good diet and exercise routine. 
Yeah. Okay. It's a supplement. It's something that we add in. A lot of supplementation, most of the benefits are seen in like higher level athletes when you are trying to be like the top of the top of the when, top. When the when the point points of percentages really count. So we're talking Olympic athletes, you need that extra edge. This this is who it truly affects. Okay. So L-carnitine, it really helps more fat be uptaken into the mitochondria in your cells for use of energy. Non-nerd talk, it becomes more bioavailable. It starts to utilize fat more efficiently. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to toss that out there. Okay, so in healthy weight individuals, there's essentially no benefit to taking L-carnitine. They, they can't say that it does really much of anything. However, the results with obese and older adults are actually like pretty good. So 2.9 pounds more weight loss is seen in older adults and obese people. And I think part of that is going to come into play with hormones, energy production, because you're, you are helping to utilize more energy. And usually your metabolism slows down a little bit as you age. Um, and so there is a, that kind of thing. Again, not a crazy amount, 2.9 pounds over... What it was didn't it? give me a time frame. Most of those studies are between 6 and 12 weeks, so... Take, I mean, take three, three, just under 3 pounds is not anything... Nothing to scoff at. It, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't scoff at it by any means. Now, there is actually benefit, though, to L-carnitine in brain research. So this is something completely different. So if you're going to take it for weight loss and just see if it works for you, great. Oh, losing my mic here. Okay, great. But the other part of this is that it actually improves your cognitive function and prevents age-related mental decline. So they're actually using it now with brain research. Really so it's onset dementia. Yeah, so they're actually using it to help with uh, age-related mental decline for dementia and Alzheimer's. Yeah. So, I mean, not necessarily a bad thing, and I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't call it a waste of money. No. So that, I mean, that, there you go. L-carnitine, so not a waste of money. Not a waste of money. Um, maybe not the best thing unless you are older or obese if you're using it specifically for weight loss. There, like I said, there's a ton of research out there on it. So again, I always recommend you do your research, talk to your doctor when taking a supplement. Now, we can look at things in relation to inflammation in the body, yeah. right? Because inflammation is a really big indicator with weight and weight management a lot of people just have that bloated feeling right so it, it's not that they are necessarily overweight you you could have somebody that's in perfectly good as far as the body mass index as far as their actual weight goes but they feel bloated and they got that a little belly on them yeah and i mean it might not just be in your guts it could be in other parts of your body if you're retaining water those kinds of things so things that help with inflammation in the body so turmeric turmeric is a is a spice from the Middle East, um, and it has something in it called curcumin, and curcumin has been shown to be very good for anti-inflammatory um, capabilities. So if you just add a little bit to your rice, it's gonna make your rice look a little yellowy, um, and it doesn't really overly change the flavor. It's kind of almost, maybe a little nutty, but nothing crazy. It also helps for recovery if you are working out. Then you can look at your omega-3s, and your omega-3s, you're looking at EPA and DHA. Most people aren't getting enough omega-3s in their diet. I mean, unless maybe you're eating that Mediterranean diet that we talked about, right? Yeah, yeah. Or if you're coastal and you eat a heck of a lot of seafood. Yeah, so that, yeah. because the seafood has EPA, DHA, the omega-3s in it because they eat the algae. 
the algae are what produces the omega-3. So this is something that you have to be aware of is if you're eating farmed salmon, you might not be getting the omega-3 levels that you might get from wild salmon. Well, yeah, the, I forget the exact number, but they did a study on farmed salmon and it was like, you, you're only getting like 20% or something like that because they... They live off corn. They live off of cornmeal, yeah. So something to <clears throat> just be aware of is whether you're getting wild salmon or farmed salmon because there is a difference when it comes to your omega-3s. Um, and making sure that you are getting enough omega-3s over the course of the week. So it looks about five uh, grams, is it five grams? Yeah, five grams per day, up to a maximum of 10 um, if you're feeling super inflamed. But again, look for the digestive upset and those kinds of things that might come along with that. So this is, yeah, this is, comes down to the supplements. A lot of people get the, the omega-3s or their, their omegas in, the, in a pill form, right? So that's, that's a great avenue to take. Yeah. Um, and then you can look, really look at like ginger. Ginger is really great for soothing the, the digestive tract. That'll reduce inflammation. Uh, you could look at your papain and bromelain. So that comes from papaya and banana or banana. Oh my gosh. <laughs> pineapple. Pineapple. And that's a French, right? Like I'm not even French, but you know, Le like bromelain. <laughs> Telefrance was a thing when I was a kid, you know? La, na, na. Yeah. La, na, na, na. Well, of course, bananas, but come to my, okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> that's another tangent. Papain and bromelain. So papaya and pineapple is what it comes from. And they are digestive enzymes that help to break down proteins and they help to also reduce inflammation again in that digestive tract. Yeah. Um, and then you can look at MSM and I did not write down the full name of it because I would just butcher it. Let's be honest. 100%. Yep. It's it's like too. It boring. is a sodium compound. So it's a sulfur compound. So, yeah, sulfur. And so it's like the sulfur that, that you would find in like your onions and your gar garlic. So its effects are actually multiplied when you uh, have supplement it combined with glucosamine, uh, glucosamine sulfate, and you, you're looking at about 2,000 milligrams a day, and that'll really help with joint pain, joint inflammation, muscle inflammation, um, and then inflammation in your smooth muscles, so your digestive tract, all that kind of stuff as well. So those are a couple of the things to look at in regards to inflammation in the body. Reducing inflammation in the body is going to reduce the amount of water that we're storing, uh, and then it also just helps our body move and feel better and when we're moving and feeling better we're also usually going to be eating better and wanting to treat our bodies a little bit better at the end of the day yeah. so kind of to summarize diet culture there is no magic pill anybody who's been on a diet for a prolonged period of time should probably get off the diet if it doesn't work for you this far chances are it's not going to continue to work for you and we should learn how to eat whole foods instead yeah, well, I mean, like the definition of insanity is continuously doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And what worked for you when you were 20 may not work for you when you're 40. That's especially true in women because of the hormonal differences. So just be aware of what you're doing and be your own scientist is my best piece of advice when it comes to dieting and diet culture. If it works for you, great. If it's something that's maintainable, if it's going to help you get the right nutrients, promote whole foods, all of those kinds of things, that would really be the avenue that I would gear you towards. Now, if you are looking for help with dieting or losing weight or gaining weight for that matter, um, because there are a lot of hard gainers out there, we do recommend that you reach out to a dietitian in your area, reach out to us. We are nutritionists. We are sports um, therapists. 
or not therapist, sports, <laughs> sports nutritionist, sports nutritionist. And we do sports specific training as well. So really reach out to us if you have any questions or concerns. And if we can't answer them, we can definitely direct you to somebody that can. 100%. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to us. If you loved it, please make sure you share it, like it, share it with family members, friends, anyone that you think that could benefit from today. Have a great day, guys. Bye for now.